Good morning. Hello and welcome to episode number 92 of the RDO podcast uh, with Jason and Alex on Cal. As always, powered by Auto Bros Used Vehicle Wholesale. I'm going to give you a quick apology at the beginning. My voice is a bit croaky this morning and I'm hoping it holds up the whole way through. And I'm going to give you another apology, or well, I'll give an apology for the any YouTube watchers that noticed mm-hmm. that I had a light obscuring <laughs> yeah. the video. That yeah. was my fault, my bad. We, we tried a different rig this morning, which is even worse. Yeah, like, like we've said before, we're trying to come up with some uh, upgrades and some solutions, and we... We attempted an upgrade last week with the lighting, which we ended up obscuring the camera partially with. Shout out to having no producer. Uh, we are, we do have some other stuff coming. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Um, speaking of shout outs, also going to give a shout out to Reppin the Broncos, Brisbane Broncos. Three straight wins as of this week. Looked bloody good doing it too. I don't know the statistic of when the last time was that the Broncos have had three wins in a row. I don't remember when that was, <laughs> so uh, played really, really well. Uh, Smash the Rabbits. was really surprised about the odds before this game. Right. Um, we, the Rabbits are paying $1.25 to win. Right. Broncos paying $4. That's a big odds difference for the NRL, considering the fact that the Rabbits have not been playing well. Last week, they barely beat Manly when Manly had lost a player to, not the sin bin, but sent off after nine minutes. So Manly played 71 minutes a man down. Right. And they, I think the end score was like 40 to 22. There's no way that Manly should have scored that many points. Right. And Souths also only rolled over the top of them towards the end of the game when they were a bit more tired. So Payne Haas was out, which is our best player, but I think that the Broncos surprised a lot of people and we will continue to do so because we're starting to build now and we're looking pretty good. Well, I'm... I'm going to counter that by saying it sucks because I was here late last night doing deals and I got stuck in the traffic to go to the game because I've got to drive past the stadium and there's no way around it. wasn't last night, though. must have been something else. Oh, something else. Broncos game was Thursday night, played down in Sydney. So, well, that wasn't that so wasn't then. Be pro so Broncos then, send your heat somewhere else. I uh, thought I'd give you a quick update on the Ferrari. Cool. So last night, one of the, th- one of the jobs that I had to do was actually funny. I had two appointments booked for four o'clock mm-hmm. on two different cars. Uh, the Europeans came in five minutes before, mm-hmm. and the Aussie came forty-five minutes late. <laughs> yeah, and that's pretty typical. I had to go pick up. Uh, I, we dropped the Ferrari off at our mechanic, uh, at our Ferrari mechanic, mm-hmm. to, to do a full inspection, make sure everything's all good. Anything that needs to be done, we're going to do. And he shuts at five o'clock. Anyway, quarter to five rolls in, and the bloke. The bloke that is late walks in the door as I'm walking out. And he goes, oh, yeah, I'm sorry I'm late. I'm like, don't worry, you can make it up to me. He's like, what does that mean? I'm like, well, when you leave, you can drop me off at my mechanics. <laughs> so I've got a free Uber ride to go, to go uh, pick up the Ferrari. And the mechanic said it's a great car. So, so That's what you want. <laughs> we did all the fluids yesterday, so oil, filter, yep. um, coolant flush, transmission oil, uh, brake fluid flush, mm-hmm. like got all the old stuff out, put all new stuff in. Got the aircon regas because it just hasn't been used. Mm-hmm. There is an issue with the air conditioning, which is the fan that runs the condenser mm-hmm. is not working. So that's when it goes back on the 23rd to get all the belts done, we'll get that sorted as well. But yep. his comments were, it's a really good car. Yeah, nice. And that's nice. all we wanted to hear. Yeah, for that's sure. All for sure. That's really, really good news. Yeah. Really good news. So any of you that are in the market for Ferrari or Just know, wait. One, don't, know someone who is... Don't get too excited because I'll, we're going to keep it for a bit. But good things come to those who wait. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And this is a good one. Yeah, yeah. If you, if you're, or if you're an aspiring Ferrari owner yeah. and you need to put some, uh, you need to start making some moves to put yourself in a financial position, mm-hmm. um, we've got the right one. Yeah, if you share the same dream as Alex, his first could be your first too. Yeah, yeah. Um, so... The, we are going to be speaking about some pretty heavy subjects today, but before we get into those, which is obviously the Roe versus Wade debate, and the the story that's obscured by that story, which I think I would really like people to understand. So obviously, trigger warning there, uh, it is a new story about a pretty triggering subject for a lot of people. Uh, if we won't you, say the name, we won't say the word. No. No. Uh, if Can we you, call it something else? Schmishmortion? <laughs> yeah, if you want to. 
Um, if you do think you're the sort of person who could be triggered by a conversation around it, uh, I ask you to either switch it off or just understand that we will approach this in the best way we possibly can, but there, there I don't know what you're going to say, but nothing I'm going to say is going to trigger anyone. Okay, cool. Yeah. So it'll just be me then. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Yeah. But look, I I do think that at least for the beginning of that conversation, I'd love you to stick around for it because it's something that I want to explain. Yeah. I I think I know where you're going to end up and Mm -hmm. I want to say to everyone that hang around. Yeah. Hang around and you'll see why. Yep. Now, on a lighter note, I had a dream this week that I'd like you to analyze for me. Okay. And it was very short. But it was a little bit strange. Mm-hmm. So I had a dream where I had made the decision to join the army mm-hmm. and was leaving for basic training. Mm-hmm. And the army has a facial hair policy. Mm-hmm. Which they do have. So they needed me to get rid of the beard. That's it, not their policy, but yeah. But it went further than that. Mm-hmm. It was you could only have a moustache. Okay. And I don't mean if you want facial hair, you need to have a moustache. You had to have a moustache. Yeah, okay. So every single person at basic training had a moustache. So I can analyse it, but first I will say that in the military, the military there is a facial hair. Mm-hmm. And the facial hair thing is you've got a set amount of time to get a proper proper, proper facial hair. If you yeah. don't have proper facial hair, it's got to come off. Isn't isn't that funny? Because it's like you have to be manly enough to be able to grow a beard. Otherwise, mm. no beard for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I totally... that Yours is an easy one to analyse. Mm. Do you remember this episode of South Park with the alternate universe opens up <laughs> and the alternate characters had moustaches well no they had goaties or goaties yeah oh okay that changes it but maybe it's your perception of it because it's like the modern day take on that was probably a 20 year old episode yeah that's true and maybe you think that we are uh delving into a um a alternate reality and because it's military base it's something that you think you need to fight against yeah interesting i also thought like you could be right there i also thought that it could have been something to do with the fact that uh, this week, the entire family's been sick, just the head cold, but it's Jake's first cold, and dealing with two kids, the idea of going away for basic training at the army sounds like a holiday. <laughs> so, yeah, strange dream, strange dream. I had one too during the week, and I'm not a big dreamer anymore, I mm-hmm. used to be, and it had. I was trying to get on a flight with Tasha, they cancelled our flight, which I, I know what that's about, that's my cancelled flight story. Mm-hmm. And then we got put onto a train that was like like Tokyo underground style, just getting jammed in. Mm-hmm. And then nothing happened. It was really boring. Yeah, right. Anyway. Um, in, in another just brief thing before we get into heavy, and you, if you have anything else, feel free to add it in. Uh, I added another business to my shit list this week. Yeah. Which is UE Insurance. Oh, yes. Yes. Okay. And to explain the reason why... Uh, I had a renewal notice come in for one of the car insurances. So as I've said on the podcast before, one of the things I always do is do a quick online quote with different insurers just to see if I can save some money. Mm -hmm. And this particular car was already insured with Budget Direct. The price had gone up compared to last year. Not an obscene amount, but had gone up. So I went to Budget Direct first, did a quote. The quote alone was actually more expensive than what I'm currently paying with the renewal. So that's fine. Went to Allianz. Uh, They were more expensive. That's fine. And then I thought, I'll try out UE. Because I've tried UE before in the past, but I was under 30 living in Labrador. <laughs> it was through the roof. Because right. UE prides themselves on, you know, uh, being more specific to your, your cases, therefore can yeah. save certain people more money. So I thought, now, homeowner, living in a better neighbourhood, over the age of 30, with literally zero insurance claims my entire life, maybe mm. UE might be good. Now... They had, they've got this exact same setup as everyone else. Like all the um, Budget Direct and Allianz, everything online that you just go through, fill out details and you get a quote. UE appeared to be exactly the same from the beginning. But there was a field on the, on the quote screen which allowed you to put in your mobile phone number and your email address. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, at this point in time, there is no point in giving you my mobile number. Because I just want to see a number on the screen. I want a number. Sure. So I thought I'll put in my email address because they might email me the quote just mm-hmm. as the other two have done. Fine. So go through, fill out basic details of the car, get through to this, uh, it's like the third page, and it says, you now now need to enter a PIN that we've sent to your mobile. And I'm like... But you don't have my mobile. You don't have my mobile phone number. But 
Fortunately for me, it had a field there to put in my mobile number. Now, we use these sorts of pins as two-factor authentication every single day for services we're signed up with or have an account with. Mm. I'm not signed up or have an account with these people. Yeah. So, anyway, I'm like, okay, I still want to proceed forward. So I pull the mobile number in. It sends me the pin to my mobile. And then I put the pin in and log into the next page. Literally at the start of the next page, it says... Okay, now it's time to talk. One of our representatives is now going to give you a call to talk you Very through sneaky. the rest of this process. So I've got the function on my phone, um, which I turned on shortly after leaving the motor industry, which is block unknown callers, mm-hmm. because getting phone calls at all hours of the day, especially the amount of scam phone calls that, yep. remember how I said during COVID, that just went through the roof. Um, so it actually blocked the phone calls. So two phone calls, quick fire, and then I got a text message. And the text message said, hey, it's Mitchell from Yui. Just tried calling you about your quote. Call me back on this number. Otherwise, when's a good time to chat? So I replied saying, hey, Mitchell, I was expecting to be able to do a quote online as it was not obvious that a phone call was required. I feel the section of your website which requires a PIN to be sent to your mobile is a deceptive business practice designed to secure my mobile phone number. Do not call me again, as I do not wish to do business with Yui, and please remove my mobile number from any database it is now attached to. Following on from that, I got another text message later on that day from a different phone number from Yui saying, hey Jason, your Yui quote is ready to look at. Crack on through and get a 10% discount at the other end. And then they proceeded to also email me a quote. So in other words, what I said about it being a deceptive business practice is exactly true because they already had enough information to send me a quote, which is why they sent me another one regardless. Yeah, I think it's... Look, I think it's a twofold thing. I I know for a fact there's a lot of stuff happening where people are... Like, companies are using software to scrape competitions. Like databases? Not databases, but their websites. Right. So you you could create a bot, for example, that could just go put quotes at all your competitors, and mm-hmm. you can get an understanding of what yep. the pricing is, and you can make sure that you're cheaper. Mm-hmm. So the two-factor authentication stops that, yep. or stops a lot of it. But that's really cheeky. It's really cheeky. That's really cheeky. And I... Because I all they have to do is make the phone number a mandatory field on the first thing, and that gives you the option. Or, at the beginning of it, when it says, get your quote online, say, we have to call you to do this quote. Yeah. Because the thing is, this might sound like I'm a hermit. If I wanted to speak to someone, I would have spoken to someone. Yeah. I would have called them. I used to sell insurance. I know how to fill out all the details to get a quote. Mm. I used to do it for a living. So I don't want to speak to someone. I just want to be able to quickly go through, get the quotes, as the service suggests that you'll be able to do without them then securing the phone number. And what I think is relevant about the next conversation that we're going to have is... The reason why salespeople want your phone number, typically, is because there is a percentage of the population which find it really difficult to say no to people once they're actually speaking over the phone. Mm. It's a lot easier just to get a piece of paper with a number on it and walk away than it is to have someone telling you how good a deal it is that you're getting and then say no to them, not to their face, but over the phone. And they, they understand that. It's easier to secure someone's business when you're actually speaking to them. See, I have the opposite, like... As a customer, and I, I went through a, I was trying to get someone to do something for business, for my business, mm-hmm. and they only want to do it through online forms. Yeah. And I'm gone down completely the wrong path. It takes three days to get a response, mm-hmm. and I hate it. I just want to ring someone, and I want to have a conversation with someone yeah. so that I can sort out what I want. So you as the customer. As the customer. But as the customer, you have made the choice that you want to speak to someone about it to sort it out. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think what we're saying is there should be both. That's right. And now the other argument I'd make too is if you're going to do it all online and digital, Mm because this is an interesting thing that happened to us yesterday. If you're... I was big on addressing problems or or dealing with um, opportunities right there... Right here and yep. now. So if I get a phone call from a from a customer, mm-hmm. I'll do everything I can right then and there. Yeah. Now, not all, not every time you can do that. Sometimes you have to take the number and call them back. Mm-hmm. No one rings back these days. Yeah. So we're looking for tires for the Ferrari, mm. and we walked in walked into a place yesterday that Nugget had gone five days ago mm-hmm. to get a quote. 
Mm. Oh, sorry, availability on tires because it's got odd tire size. Mm-hmm. And we walked in, still no call. And they said, oh, who are you dealing with? Oh, don't know. Like, you know, mm-hmm. it's not really my job to know who yeah, I dealt right. with. It's your job just to... Yeah. And then Nugget leans over the table and goes, it's, that, it's written there. Like, that's my name. That's my phone number. Yeah, that's what I'm after. So just refer to that. Nothing written around it. You can still mm-hmm. tell that nothing's been done. Yeah. So what I don't like about all this online stuff is that <clears throat> is that all you're doing is delaying you're you're delaying the response. And a lot can change in that. Yeah. I look I, time. I think it's it depends on the product. Obviously ties for a Ferrari are very different to an insurance policy. It's not. It is though. It's not, it's not. Well, it's I'll tell you, it's all the same click down bullshit that every form is. Click so here's your parameters. Yeah. The only difference is dealing with it now or dealing with it later. Well, it's not because when, when I have set up, like whenever I do insurance through Allianz and Budget Direct, when I get to the quote point, you can literally just go, yep, go ahead with that. You can sign it up for yourself on the spot. Yeah. But if you're happy with it, you just sign up That's what tires are, man. 245, 45, yeah. 18s. 275, 40, True, yeah. So, so it should Five. be, in other words, it should be that simple if you're doing an online form saying order Correct. these tires, please. Correct. So, but as someone who's worked in the motor trade and dealt with the spare parts department before, <laughs> it's never been an easy but don't, process. Though, but don't make excuses. I'm not making excuses. And, and I'm just saying that it's not a good system and it never has been. With the, with the, but this is everyone's system. This is where technology has not worked in right. people's favour. It's worked against you. It's made it worse. Yeah. If, if there was no technology, mm-hmm. you would have sat there with the client and pulled out an old book and flicked through until you mm. found availability. And you would have said, hey, hold on the line. I'll make the call. And you would have dealt with that client so they're in and out yeah. straight away. But even better, you wouldn't even have to make a call because you'd be accessing an online portal that works that shows you whether something's in stock or not. Which, and this is the question. There's your opportunity part, suppliers. Just make it easy. No, none of these none of these Thai guys have realised. The, the odd thing about this Ferrari is that it's got different size front tyres to rear tyres. Yeah. Okay, so not all brands make the same tyre for mm-hmm. uh, front and rear these different sizes. Yeah. And it's a bit of an oddball size because it's 22 years old. Mm-hmm. So no... The, 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 the forms don't let you split the tie size. Mm. So open two browsers mm-hmm. and have them both because they're going, okay, so I can get, I can get Bridgestone or mm. I can get Pirelli P0s in the 245s. Okay, yeah. let me check that one. Reset the form and, and then they can't remember what else is there. Yeah. Open two, form, uh, open two forms, mm-hmm. dude. Like that's how we, that's how we do it. Mm-hmm. The client shouldn't be better at, than the person. Hundred percent. Yeah, and that's that's the key to standing out in business these days is literally Doing just being job. able to provide the service that you claim to provide. Yeah, yeah. So, oh, and, and someone on my shit list is <coughs> Google. Mm-hmm. So someone at the gym smashed my phone screen, yeah. and I went to go and get it replaced. Five hundred and thirty dollars to replace the screen. Nice. And now the fingerprint scanner doesn't work, mm-hmm. and it's not the repairer's fault because I've done a stack of research I did blame them to start with but I did some research myself you're not supposed to do your own research <laughs> yeah and it's racist and it's Google's got a bug on their back end <coughs> system that doesn't let you plug in to reconfigure the the um the fingerprint you can't reconfigure it right it's the, the software is sitting there ready to go yeah simply do this do xyz well okay if you can't log into x then how can you do YZ? Is there some sort of Australian consumer law thing that you can um, go down a pathway that obviously the product? Oh yeah, is this not... is not over. Oh yeah, <laughs> it shouldn't be for five hundred thirty bucks. This, this is not over. Mm. But it's but, not their fault. It's not. It's <clears throat> not the repairer's fault. No, 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 I'm not saying it's the repairer's yeah. fault. But if it, it's like, I mean, you see the stuff in the motor industry a lot of the time when uh, an independent repairer is trying to repair a product but don't have the computer system or mm. software released to be able to do that. Like, this stuff comes up a lot. So I'd say that there'd be a pathway that you can go down to... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, say it's, I don't know, like... Cause... Alex Von Kennel versus Google. Yeah. <laughs> the ultimate David versus Goliath. <laughs> I've got more time than you do, Google. <laughs> David versus Google, are you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, so Are we going to talk about Schmuschmorschen? Yeah, let's go into Schmuschmorschen. So... Now, I think I'll, I'm just going to start this off by briefly outlaying the things that people probably don't even realise about this particular situation. Before we even start, is this the just purely an American thing? Yeah. Okay. And that's, that's, so we shouldn't care that much. This is, this is part of what goes towards 
the direction I want to, not the direction I want to take people, the thing I want people to really focus on. So what's the actual story? The story is this. There was a leak this week that a long-standing federal law in the United States, which was based on a case called Roe v. Wade, which made abortions legal. Shushmoshmans. This is your trigger warning for anyone who is triggered, but just stick with me for at least a few minutes. Uh, it made them legal on a federal level, which meant every state it was it was legal sure. to get a shushmoshman. Yeah. Now, this week there was a leak from I think it was the Supreme Court justices, which will which are d- uh, deliberating on overturning that ruling. Sure. And the leak was the opinions of the people making the decision, which essentially it appears that they are leaning towards overturning it. Therefore, what happens is it removes that federal law and then the rules become governed by the states, the the individual states that you're in. So just to clarify, it doesn't mean over the whole of America that abortion is illegal. Shmish (laughs) motion. Is illegal. I'm just not even going to bother anymore. I'm already too far we'll down. Right. Uh, it's not illegal everywhere. It's a state-by-state state thing. And obviously, it depends on the state that you live in. You can go to a different state if you require the service. I know that has more cost, and I don't want to get into the weeds about what mm. the, the reality of the situation is going to be. But here's reality right now. It hasn't actually been confirmed yet, and it is a leak which is interesting in another... It's a nothing story. It's it's not a nothing story. No, no. The story is nothing. Yeah, because nothing's actually happened. Correct. Right. That's what I'm saying. That in, in isolation, yeah. it's a nothing story. Yeah. Now, what I want people to understand is, and I want to be very delicate about this, because I know it's a very polarizing subject, what I found fascinating in the last few days is how almost instantaneously my social media field was full of this stuff with people, women, railing against it and a few blokes too. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of sharing of memes and sharing of very aggressive statements mm-hmm. in regards to it. I understand where a lot of the sentiment came from. But there's a really, really key point in this, which is used every single time these things come up, which is this. Whenever there is a hot button topic that is launched into the news space and the social media space that requires you to take a side, or doesn't even require you, but it encourages you to take a side, they, and by they, I mean the people who are using the story to suit themselves, are abusing people's good natures. Mm-hmm. Because the natural response to this from a good-natured person is women, and men for that matter, should have bodily autonomy. And that's the natural response. So anyone who is deemed to be outside that response they're automatically the enemy now. But to me, this got a bit worse because a lot of the memes that were shared were not so much about the case itself, but it was specifically targeted at men making decisions for women's bodies. And all that does is creates the divide between men and women. And it happened like that. And on the one hand, you've got women saying men shouldn't have the right to decide what happens to their bodies, just let me finish, which I get. On the other hand, you probably have a, a, a lot of men who have no intention of having trying trying to make decisions on what can happen with women's bodies who then feel attacked by some of the memes that were being put around. For an example, there was the one about, like, the... the um, it, it was a meme that went out. It was like some sort of saying from like a... Um, what are they called? The passages of the Bible? The Psalm? Maybe, I don't know. But it, it said like, um, you know, if thou hast not a uterus, then thou should shut the fuck up or something along yeah. those lines. It was like fallopians. I thought it was funny. That's funny. Right? It was a funny meme. I was not triggered by that at all. But 
what I find interesting about memes such as that is that as much as it relates to the current subject, there's no mention of the current subject. It's literally just saying, if you don't have a uterus, shut the fuck up. And it could be about any subject. Yeah. So if you were a, a male who resents women, which there are a lot of them, yep. because let's be honest, men, men being rejected by women has pushed society forward forever. So, so a guy who already has the wrong idea about women will take that as a personal attack that we're just saying you don't have a uterus, therefore shut up. About everything, not about the abortion thing. Sure, but, the, abortion. but the point is this. This, I believe, this leak happened... Well, before you get to that, mm-hmm. okay, b- before you get to the crescendo, yep. I just want to address something else. Mm-hmm. It is the sparking of massive amounts of social tinder. Yes. And we fell for it. Society, society keeps falling for it. Okay? Again. And yep. the, where I was going to pull you up halfway through mm. is there's no point getting into the argument. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because it is so... That one in particular, more so than almost any other argument, has so many layers and so many elements mm-hmm. that they just tree off into... Like, it isn't... Like, what's the word? It's an un... Uh, 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 this is impossible to get everyone on the same page. 100%. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's so easy because when you when one side is up a bit, that little bit of yield from the other side mm-hmm. is going to cause an o- yep. overreaction. Overcorrection, yeah. An overcorrection, yeah. And it's, and it's, it's one of the most complicated subjects mm-hmm. that... And, and, and nobody should be buying into it. Mm-hmm. Unless... And, and, and the reason why we shouldn't buy into it is because mm. of what you're about to. Now, can I, just to throw it out there too, so as soon as this happened and as soon as I saw it, I was like, this is a distraction. This is a key point of it for me. Do you think it's a coincidence that and this... don't use the word either, the other word. I won't use the other word. Do you think it is a coincidence that this leak... Again, not a ruling. This leak occurred... About an opinion of. About an opinion of. Do you think it's a coincidence that this occurred in the week leading up to Mother's Day? Ooh. Ooh, I hadn't thought of that. Can you, can you name any other holiday or event that, we, that is in the calendar that would have more of an emotional and psychological impact to release this information into the public discourse mm. around. The tinderbox is full. It's full. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? yeah. Interesting. I, I, yeah. This, is, this ain't a coincidence. Yeah. And what Alex is saying is right. It's, it is just showing that time and time again, the powers that be, when they want to distract you from something that's going on, They've got these levers they can pull. Yeah, when you find when you find yourself super overly engaged in something, the yeah. best thing to do is to zoom out. Yeah, zoom and, out and, and, go, and go, why am I here? That's right. Because even things like, what I would love to know, and any of you nerds out there who understand how the internet works, if it's possible for you to do this, where did all the memes come from? Because without, like, overnight... Everyone who was engaged in the topic was sharing the same stuff. Who started the memes? I would love to know where no, they originate I, from. I mean, I've started memes before. Of course. And, and but again, no one, knows it, no one knows it came from you. Yeah. Oh, you could track it, for sure. Yeah, yeah. So it'd be really interesting to know. That's why they need to be on the blockchain, the NFT, so we can find out exactly. Yeah, exactly right. right. <laughs> but, but consider this. But then they would be shared equitably around, and we, we need to see the memes. I love the memes. Yeah. But, but think about this. The oldest trick in the book when it comes to warfare and psychological warfare is divide and conquer. Mm. Mm. This is just another in a very long list of tinderbox events that yeah. we've had literally in the last six months. Yeah. Because you've got this debate. Previous to this, you had uh, Ukraine, the war in Ukraine, yeah. which is not spoken about really anywhere near as much anymore. It's still going on. It's still a bad thing. Yeah. No one talks about it. Yeah. No one's told to care about it. You had that. So you had the divide between people who stand for Ukraine and people who don't. And again, same, exact same as this situation in that there is nuance to this and neither side can win that like 100%. It's unwinnable. It's unwinnable argument, yeah. right? Because with everything in life, what, what we seem to do with these tinderbox moments, let's call them tinderbox events, yeah, I think yeah. it's a great thing. 
It's probably show title in that. Yeah. But what happens is, yeah, Tinderbox event is an unwinnable argument that's full of emotion, which which just sets everything on fire. Sets everything on fire and divides people in yeah. groups. Prior to this, it was anti-vaxxers versus pro-vaxxers. Yeah. Again, an unwinnable argument on both sides, yeah. because if you look at like that, all of these things are complete grey areas. Every single one of them. Yeah. But to have a tinderbox event, what you do is you pretend there's no grey area, you pretend it's black and white, and if you're not on my side, then you don't fucking get it. <laughs> it's, it's and not, I'm going to tell you why you're wrong. It's the it's the scene in a movie where two people are like staring off at each other, and like you, the the anticipation of a of of a, a battle is is a foot, <laughs> and then someone just throws a knife down in the middle of the. <laughs> yeah. like that's what it is. hundred percent. One hundred percent. It is. Um, but are you really, are you going to tie it to the real thing? Are yeah. you going to, are you going to, uh, you are? Are you going to say what you think it's distracting us from? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I think. So. I think you have to. Any one of you who've been sticking around the channel for this long understands that we've been following the COVID situation very, very closely. I also don't think it's a, think, I also don't think it is a coincidence that this leak happened on a week during Mother's Day weekend, when also Pfizer was forced to release 80,000 more documents yeah. to do with their e-way approval process in America. And what is really intriguing about this, now obviously I have not had the chance to read through all 80,000 documents, and I won't be. Yeah. But some... Our governments didn't. Uh, Clearly not. Before they approved it. Mm -hmm. and our, our health and safety bureaucrats didn't. Mm. So a few a few plucky people have sifted through them. And there are some interesting things that have come out of it. One of which is... Oh, can we, can we just go back to the assumption that we made when the first release came out that we thought that it would be from the most harmless information at the beginning of the release to the most damaging of information towards the end. Yeah, and the interesting thing about that is that we're nowhere near close to the end. Yeah, how many what, how many documents is it in total? It's it's hundreds of thousands of documents. What but about 40,000 in the first dump? Yeah, I think an 80,000 in the second. 80,000 in the second. They, I think they've got until July or August to release all of them. Which seems wild to me because you just go to the file on your, on your Windows computer, go Control-A... Yeah. And then, yeah. like, drop and then just to someone. Exactly right. Yeah. So, mate, like, are they just claiming they don't have good enough internet to be able to, to upload the stuff all at the same time? Now, I'm trying to find... I sent. It they can to... roll out the product faster than they can roll out the reports for the product. Well, yeah. The yeah. And this is the thing. Like, getting back to the start of this whole release process, the FDA requested... 75 years to release the documentation that they used to justify the approval of these vaccines under the emergency use authorization in 108 days. And they, the reason why they said that they needed 75 years was because they needed to be able to go through and redact all of it. Yeah, pretty much everything in the documents. Now, why am I... That was really an ink supply issue more than anything. <laughs> a redaction ink supply issue. Now, I'm trying to find a key screenshot of some of the information which has gone missing from hacked. my phone. We've been hacked. Maybe I have been hacked. You've heard it here first, guys. We've been... Oh, here we go. Oh, there it is. Now, that's interesting. It was deleted, which I wouldn't have deleted that. So it was in my recently deleted photos. Interesting. Um, all right. Nate did it. He's a plant. So, <laughs> so there was two... There's two key things that have been found out uh, already by people who scan these documents. The number one is uh, probably the, the easiest thing to be upset about, which is the fact that there's a document which shows that the vaccine efficacy of the vaccine during the trial was only 12%. Yeah. So you remember back the headline efficacy rate was 95% efficacy at preventing symptomatic mm -hmm. SARS-CoV-2 infection. That was the headline at the beginning. And as we've mentioned before, there's a lot of people out there 
who keep trying to say, oh, they never said it would stop you from getting it. They absolutely did. Like, I'll put the link in to show you. Ex- like, because yep. Pfizer's first press release is still there on their website. So it said 95% effective. Uh, so their, their own data showed that it's actually only 12% effective. And after a week, it goes down to about 1%. Mm. So it's not 95%. Yeah, I reckon you could do more by just like facing away. Like if, if you just did that, that's probably more than 12% effective Well, at reducing... Masks don't work, but they're probably more than 12% effective. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, when we... When we talk about these things, like because we've said many times before, the vaccines don't work. And their own data is showing that the vaccines don't work. Or at least don't work anywhere near what we were told yeah. that, or how well that we told. Yeah. And the problem is, is there's going to be a lot of backtracking where they're like... Apparently, we're allowed to excuse all these health officials by going, but they didn't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They just didn't know. But we did, and we're idiots. Well, yeah, we're idiots. Um, a lot of epidemiologists were screaming until they blew in the face about whether the vaccines work or not. You don't vaccine in a live pandemic. You get out of it and you vaccinate afterwards. Yeah. Because when you vaccine during a live one, you can then, unfortunately, create immune escape a lot of the time. And a lot of the epidemiologists, too, stated the facts that we've never been able to successfully vaccinate against respiratory virus because they mutate too often. So a lot of people are saying that stuff right from the beginning. And that's not us saying it, that's experts in the field saying it. You just didn't see them on the internet because they got censored. Now, this second one is way more egregious to me. And it, it's interesting that it lines up with the Schmitz-Morschman yeah. chat. Um, so in the Pfizer document dump, they actually have information about the fact that there were 270 pregnant women that were involved in the trial. And of that, uh, I'm not going to read the... I'm going to put a link to the document so you can go through and read it yourself. This will be triggering for many people, particularly women, I'm, I'm, I'm sure, mm. uh, especially if you've experienced any of these things yourself. So I'm not going to go into it. But I'm just going to give you the raw data. It is not to obscure the truth. You can go and read it yourself. I'll put a link in there. I just don't want to trigger any more people than we need to. Because these are the actual numbers. 270 pregnant women were tested and 238 of those women went AWOL. There so is, it, it, does it say that? How is that written? It says... Because uh, when, you, when you told me last night that that stat, I was... I was thinking about after, like what... In, so in the actual document, it says no outcome was provided for 238 pregnancies. Right. That's how it says it. Okay. So in other words, out of the 270 women that were pregnant involved in this trial, there was no result recorded for 238 of them. Yeah. Now, they could all have been perfectly fine. They could all have been not perfectly fine. The fact is we don't know. Yeah, maybe they didn't give birth until after the end of the trial date. You might say that, but there's also some in here which were... There's five that were classified as outcome pending, which would mean... Uh, which would be yeah, those okay. people, yeah, right? Yeah. Wow. So, of the 32 remaining, there was only one live birth recorded. That is wild. One from 32. That's of the ones that were recorded. That is insane. What is really insane about that is the fact that the TGA claims that they read all the data and I remember sitting in the midwife's office six months ago with the flyers out the front about how important it was for pregnant women to get vaccinated against COVID-19. What has subsequently come to light too is that it has been shown that if a pregnant woman gets COVID, COVID does not cross through the placenta into the fetus, which I don't think the authorities ever claimed it would. The sales pitch though is the antibodies from the vaccine could potentially go to the fetus to protect, to give the fetus some sort of immunity after the fact. Now, obviously these are staggering numbers and I find this particularly triggering because I know, and this will be, this is a very personal thing to us, there was a lot of pressure from 
many people around our circle for a man to get vaccinated while she was pregnant mm. because that's what the doctors were telling everyone to do. Yeah. That's because that was what the government was telling everyone to do. Yeah. So the TGA was recommending that pregnant women get vaccinated based off that data. That data was released this week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if you think that this tinderbox event happened organically, and again, remembering the key points, it's not the decision being handed down. It was a leak about the opinions of the decision. Yeah, it's a nothing story. Which came out in the same week as Mother's Day, which is the exact same week that the FDA is forced to release 80,000 pages of Pfizer's data. Because it's not Pfizer, it's not, sorry, it's not just Pfizer that is trying to obscure these documents. It is the FDA in America that approved it under EUA. Yeah. And remember, go, let's play the tape. Go back to when they first approved these vaccines in Australia. We told you the TGA didn't run any of their own trials. The TGA approved the vaccines based off the best data that was available at the time, which was data they got from the United States FDA because of their approval. Mm. So the assumption is that they had access to these documents and they approved it anyway. Now, if they didn't have access to these documents, it means they approved it without reading the information, which was also a lie. So whichever way they did it, they fucked up both yeah. ways. And again, this, going back to the Tinderbox event, the, the way that these people become excused is when everyone uses the, oh, they didn't know. They were just trying to do the best thing they could to save yeah. lives. And the, getting back to like the, the point of this discussion... What you guys really, really need to consider is that idea that they abuse people's good natures to control people. Mm. Everyone knows, probably in their network, but everyone probably knows of at least one woman who's been in an abusive relationship and didn't leave. And because she cared too much, right? She cared a bit like, oh, I love him. So I'm not going to, I can't mm. leave. Like, we've all seen that happen. It's, I mean, it's on TV shows mm. every, every fucking night. Mm. Right? We know that's a thing. We know that people's good natures typically get abused by people who understand how to abuse people's good natures. Yeah. This happens time and time again. So why, why are we having this conversation? Because we want to alert you for the next time it happens. We're not making light of the schmushmorshman discussion. What we're trying to educate is on the reason... Stay out of the tinderbox. Stay out of the tinderbox. And I want to... <clears throat> I was explaining sales pitches to someone this week. Because sales pitches aren't what people think they are. So the, the um, example of like native ads came up. Mm. So network television, obviously a, a news program. Let's start at the beginning. Why does the news even exist? Because it's on commercial television... And it's designed to hold your attention so you'll watch the ad breaks. Mm -hmm. That's the only reason why these shows exist. Why, like, remember all the stories about, like, Carl Stefanova get paid too, more than Lisa Wilkinson and Carl's on, like, $3 million a year? Why the fuck do you think Carl Stefanovic's on $3 million a year? Because his morning show runs for three hours. It's a lot of ad breaks. Yeah. So if he can hold your attention for three hours, that's, it's probably at least an hour's worth of ads. That's how these shows operate. So... Already we've got the sales pitch involved there. The second part of sales pitches is that there's always, there's always a bit of a misdirect. And where you think the sales pitch is often is not where the sales pitch actually is. And I'll give you an example from when I was selling cars. And this is a product I believe in, but it's a sales pitch nonetheless. Window tint. Whenever I would sell a car, I would explain to my clients that about 80% of the clients who buy cars from me end up getting the windows tinted. And the reason why is because it keeps your car cooler. It offers UV protection. It also has the, um, if your window shatters, it can help stop the glass from shattering. And like, there's a safety mm. element there as well. So those are the reasons why 80% of my customers end up going ahead with window tint. And then the ones that don't, typically about half of those end up coming back because what they don't realize is their current car they were driving had tint. Mm. You don't really notice how good tint is until you drive a car that doesn't have it. Now, at face value, the clients assume that the sales patch is the reasons I, uh, sorry, the sales pitch is the reasons I gave about why people get window tint, the UV protection, coolness, all that sort of stuff. That's not the sales pitch. The sales pitch was at the beginning where I said 80% of my customers 
go ahead with yeah. window tint. Because as social creatures, we want to do what other people do. Everyone That's does. that line hunting that I was talking about the other day. The what, sorry? Line hunting. Yeah. Walking down the, down the road and there's a massive queue. And then yeah. people just gravitate to the back of the queue. Yeah. They don't even know where the queue goes. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. So that's the thing. You think that the sales pitch is over here? No, no, it's over here. It's, it's the social uh, conditioning that we're doing over here. And that's what happens with all these Tinderbox events. Mm. So while the Schmoschmorschman debate's going on, I feel like what they have successfully done is instead of making the issue Schmoschmorschman rights, they have made the issue men telling women what to do with their bodies. Well, it, it's a thousand things. For sure. It's yeah, a yeah. thousand things, but yeah. it's like... Everyone can find something to get upset about. It, it, that's the perfect way to put it. Yeah. And, and what I would say anyone that is going to have a conversation with you, A, I would say don't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Don't, it's not your, it's none of your business. Yeah. And until it comes to a, to a point where, you know, we need to vote on it, mm-hmm. then we probably need to have a conversation. But up until that point, yeah. there's just don't, don't talk about it would be, mm-hmm. would be my, my goal. But mm-hmm. the other thing too, is actually un- like, have some, have some compassion for the person <laughs> you're speaking to, no matter yeah. who that is, Try and identify what is making them feel the way that they feel. Agree. Okay? Because what, where this tinderbox moment is more... Because it's got so many branches on it, mm. when you're not winning in one direction, you just jump on another branch. That's right. You know, and, and, and this one, this is a unique argument because it just has so many uh, mm. pathways that can go down. So, And it is, it is so triggering too because... Schmorschman is way more uh, common than people think because it's one of those things you don't talk about. Yeah, it would it would be like going back to the nineties and talking about being gay or LGBTQ or whatever. They was they were more common than people thought because it wasn't spoken about. Sure. So the issue is that many people who are triggered by this may have been affected by this in some way, shape, or form that most people don't understand. So like what you're saying, you got to just, instead of attacking people, because Mike Tyson said it perfectly, social media, you, you saw the Mike Tyson thing recently, um, a guy was fucking with Mike Tyson oh, on the yeah, plane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, so Mike Tyson came out and said, social media made all you young kids too comfortable with talking shit at people with no consequences. <laughs> and it has. Yeah. And this debate is, these Tinderbox events are abusing that social conditioning that has already occurred. I would also also say to the one, um, you need to, I saw a lot of memes about the same people that said this about that, also Mm. said that about this. And the first question I asked myself was, is that real or is this just yeah. a new... Tinderbox event. <laughs> but, but like like a new cohort of people. And yeah, then yeah. In, in the sphere of my world, mm. where my screen is my world, yeah. I'm seeing a, a, a cohort of people that are... Agreed. So what you're, what you're saying is that I see one person I deem as a hypocrite from recent events, therefore everyone on that side's a hypocrite. Yeah, the next... Yeah, it's yeah. like whack-a-mole. Yeah, yeah. So, so you, you, you hit one down and then that it pops up. There's always... But it's but in, in, the, in my frame, yeah. in the frame of social media, mm-hmm. that's one cohort. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So just don't fall for the... Don't, don't fall s- for it. Keep out of the tinderbox. Can, can we... Um, to assist, to assist women who are pro-choice, I did, I did have some ideas though. Okay. <laughs> if you want to, like, one of the things about these issues is I feel like if you really wanted to get a result from men on a subject, I feel like they're not, they're marketing problems. Okay. I feel like the, the result you want is not marketed to men in a way that men will understand and respond to. Okay. So... You're going down a dangerous, dangerous, dangerous hole, <laughs> but continue. So, well, look, for example, I saw, I saw a meme going out about, um, uh, like, oh, stop, uh, stop abort Morshman's at the source, like, make vasectomies mandatory uh, because they're reversible, and until a man is mature enough and financially able to, yeah. right, uh, it can be reversed. Oh, the idea of regulating men's bodies makes them Like, 
It's not helpful, right? It's very combative. And if I was going to go down the same line, I would say, okay, if you are that pro-life, then don't, like, okay, stop schmoschmans at the source. Don't waste any lives. Men, you're only allowed to ejaculate into a woman for procreation. Because every time you jizz into your jizz sock, you're causing genocide. Make that illegal. Yeah, that, that's one thing I really don't like is there's a, there's a schmorschen thing on the way to work. <clears throat> right. And every so often there's an old man with a sign at the front. And I'm like, <laughs> I thought you were going to say, and every now and there's an old man jerking off out the front. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm like, you know, get your house in order first, dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's yeah. like, yeah. And, and, and that's the thing. So, like, that's, that's the way that I would approach it. It's like, okay, cool. You want to have that right over us. That's perfectly fine. No more jizzing. No more jizzing unless it's for procreation. Oh, no, but look, I like jizzing. Yeah. <laughs> I really like it. Now, the the second idea, and this is probably far more controversial, is you could you need to market it to men the way that men respond to. We know sex sells. Get a good-looking figurehead, put her up on a billboard, say, hey, blokes, want to smash this? No rubbers? No responsibilities? <laughs> Oh, yeah, okay. So, <laughs> again, I'm not buying into it. Uh, because unfortunately, unfortunately, and a really good example of this, which again is an internet sensation which happened over the last 12 months, <laughs> you would have seen these. The There's that used car joint that's always got the pictures of the like normal tradie red-blooded male picking up the car off the... Oh, yeah, the glamour. The glamour girl. yeah. And everyone knows what it is, and that's all the comments reflect that. Everyone agrees that this is what's happening, and it's, it's okay, and it's funny. Yeah. Right? Unfortunately, men are way more likely to agree to your decisions, whether they're good or bad, when they've got an erection. <laughs> it's a fact of life. Okay. How many bad decisions have men made in history with a boner? How many? Well, but, but a lot of them have started, a lot of these bad decisions have started with that erection as well. Exactly. Yeah. But you use it. You use your sales tools. You use what you've got. It's, it's no, 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 no. I'm going I'm to put a. I'm going to put a line right here because it's not an issue. We're buying into I'm it. Not, I'm talk, not saying but, this no, no, issue. By, by, by talking about it, yeah, we are giving it more credence than what it deserves because it's not even a story. I'm not saying about this issue. I'm just saying anything in the future. I'm just trying to offer some marketing advice as a sales professional. Any issue in the future, I feel it can be marketed better. I'll give you another example. If I lived in Finland and Finland's Prime Minister told me to get vaccinated, I'd be on my second booster right now. You've seen the Finnish uh, Prime yeah, Minister, yeah, 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 right? Yeah, yeah. Far more receptive to her telling yeah. me to get vaccinated than I am to yeah. like a ScoMo or an Albanese or whatever. It's just reality. Did you hear, is it, is it Hungary's not blocking um, oil and gas to their country from Russia? I'm not sure. I haven't heard about that. Yeah. I thought you were going to be... No, I'm I, trying to get off the subject as quick as possible. No, I thought... I, because I mentioned vaccination, I thought that you were going to be mentioning how Denmark has announced they're winding up the vaccine program. Oh, yeah, there's that too. Yeah. But, um, the foreign minister from Hungary... And Hungary's in the, in the um, doldrums at the moment because they're considered far-right extremists as right. a country. Mm-hmm. And they aren't blocking uh, oil and gas purchases from is, Russia because is they're that like, why they're considered far right extremists. No, no, it started before that. Okay, that. Yeah. I think it's a lot of immigration policy, and I think they, they actually have a right uh, a right wing uh, political party in power. Okay, I believe. Yeah. But they've been very nationalistic, and they're like, no, any of those things only hurts our people, and we don't do we we don't have policies that hurt our own people. So we'll continue buying oil and gas and. Mm. Um, from Russia because that's what we were doing before and mm. yeah I found that uh, which again just... so that that's the, an example of these tinderbox events because if you explain that situation to someone everyone's got something they can get upset about yeah especially with, it depends on the way that you explain the, the story but what it sounds like Hungary is trying to do is protect their own people first put their own people first yeah. before other countries but these days again social conditioning we've created an, a a society where putting yourself before anyone else is seen as a bad thing now. And one more of a story, what is taking an oligarch's yacht going to do? Gives you a sick yacht. 
That's all it does is give you the signal. Who gets the yacht? The government. Yeah, but are they going to use it? Probably. Or they might just They're going to end up giving it back. I reckon uh, Boris Johnson's probably getting the yachts and he's doing like coke parties on them. And I oh know he doesn't do coke, sorry. He loves a drink though. Loves a drink. Loves probably a will. Maybe next, maybe they're planning for more lockdowns, but he's going to sail an oligarch's yacht out into international waters and have his staff party. For next but time. don't you find it interesting that that's more of a story and, and you see that everywhere and like how good are we? We took a yacht. Like there's a war going on. Yeah. Rich guys, yacht. Yeah, well, okay. So speaking of tin box events, uh, we we mentioned really early on in the pandy that, and I mentioned that there's a wealth transfer going on, and I was criticised heavily by certain people. I still criticised for saying there was a wealth transfer going yeah. on, but the the war thing, you've got. You've got, especially in America, but obviously we sent money too. So you've got American taxpayer dollars, which could, if they approve this extra $33 billion, could be up to $38 billion worth of taxpayer dollars funding weapons and aid being sent to Ukraine. So it's American taxpayer money going to a different country. Yeah. Or, sorry, not their money going to a different country. The money stays in America because it's a product being purchased from American companies. So they profit and then it's sent overseas. Yeah. With no democratic vote from the people on yeah, whether or not yeah, they yeah. do that. So that's one thing. Australia did the same thing. We sent 70 million and then we sent like four of those armored troop carriers as well. I don't know what they're worth, but probably not cheap. Yeah. Probably get a few Kizaratos for one yeah. of those troop carriers. <laughs> so you got that. You look at the the sanctions that are put on Russia by America and Co. Those sanctions don't hurt the oligarchs. No. Because the oligarchs already have their means met. Yeah. They've got access to anything they need. Yeah. Those economic sanctions hurt the people yeah. on the ground. So the people who, again, had no democratic decision in invading Ukraine. Yeah. Right? Because Putin decided to do that. Yeah. You've, so, so those people suffer. The American taxpayer suffers because all the tax dollars go sent overseas instead of being paid for services and stuff that they're probably supposed to be provided. Like, this is what we're talking about when it comes to, like, wealth transfers. And you look at... So what I found interesting, I had a conversation with someone about this during the week, about the Pandy stuff, particularly centred around Australia. And the amount of taxpayer money, and I don't care what your thoughts on the use of this money, but we had products available in all areas, including vaccines, Mm. masks, rats available from Australian companies, which we did not purchase them from. Yeah. All of our taxpayer money... So if you're pro-vax, that's totally cool. If you want a vaccine, it, would you not have preferred our taxpayer dollars go towards an Australian company that has developed one, which is still sitting on the TJ's desk waiting for approval? Yeah. Which will never get approved. Which will never get approved because the Australian government signed a commercial and confidence deal with an overseas company. to So our taxpayer money gets sent overseas. So when I say wealth transfer, this is what I'm talking about. We take taxpayer dollars, we use a hot button tinderbox event, mm. which we abuse people's good natures to, because if you speak against that tinderbox event, you're a bad person. Yep. Because if you're anti, then you're going to kill grandma. Yep. And then we use that as justification to take your taxpayer money and send it to a multinational company overseas. And it, every country seems to do this, where they send the money to a different country. There's always a, a global mixing of... Yeah, I wonder if it does something about increasing GDP numbers, so, like, the stats, when you get compared up against other countries, if it looks... It I don't looks think better. it's that. I think it's it saves you from having to account for where the money ends up. Look at what happened with Afghanistan. When, when the Afghanistan pullout happened, the, prim, uh, the Prime Minister of Afghanistan, or President, whatever the, the head was at the time, he bailed with, like, hundreds of millions of American dollars. So the money gets sent there. It, we never get a receipt back for what the money's spent on. And I think that's the key to this. If you spend the money internally, we know where it's going. Because the Australian... Like, say you, you do this stuff in Australia, we would be going, okay, well, this money's been spent on this facility. Or unless they do a commercial confidence deal, like everything else is going on. But it's out of sight, out of mind. If you just go, yeah, $70 million in aid to Ukraine, whooshka, send it over there. Do any of you know where a dollar of that $70 million was spent? 
Yeah. There's no accountability. Yeah. That's the key. If you take the money off the people and you send it overseas, even if you get money back from overseas, we don't know about it. The government knows that some investments come in. They don't publicise all the money that's come yeah. through. Where does the money go? So if you send it overseas, it's out of sight, out of mind. There's no accountability. I Yeah, but the, I mean, that's you assuming that they just want to get rid of money for the sake of getting rid of money. And look, governments suck at spending. We know that. I do think it adds another, uh, another feather in the bow for... Uh, crypto like it you know mm-hmm. where it everything is yeah. recorded blockchain mm-hmm. it's immutable yeah. it's we it's we, we, we know where everything goes because let's be real all this all this inflation explosion mm. has been this is not a natural event this is it's an not. event that has been mismanaged to a point of mm-hmm. collapse well, not not collapse well, you know the, the the US petrodollar could collapse that, yeah. that, that could actually happen, and, and then our buying power would be severely reduced. Mm-hmm. We can see the stock market is getting hammered yep. at the moment. Property will get hammered um, next mm-hmm. here, in, here in Australia. I saw an article, maybe real, maybe not, but the projections for the national debt in Australia now is projecting out to past the 2050s. But do you know the personal debt is reduced? Mm. Yeah, which is, which is interesting. But again... If, if I want to talk about a wealth transfer, I'm talking about getting off um, government-operated government cash and moving into something real. And unfortunately, yeah. Bitcoin is more real than the Australian dollar. Yeah, yeah, yeah of course, of course. Um, they're separate issues. The, the getting towards blockchain technology... Well, one you can do something about. My one you can do something about. Your one is a much greater issue that... You're still going to pay tax, though. Because yeah, for the sure. laws require that we still pay tax yeah, regardless yeah, yeah. of whether you um, are oh, transacting crypto or not. I'm not saying don't pay tax. What my concern is that it's that tax money that has been transferred away, which yeah. you have to spend regardless. Yeah, but you never. But w- what I'm saying though is that if you're if if you try to spend more of your life invested in digital assets, mm-hmm. and if there is a move to a national digital asset some of that will be reduced because the transparency will should disappear. It's not in their best interest to. Yeah, so which is... But once we move to a digital dollar do, which mm-hmm. I still think we're eventually going to do anyway, yeah. um, there will be a lot of uh, key crypto pundits making sure that it is on a ledger that can be seen. Yeah, which, again, I don't trust government with any form of technology no no no, no <laughs> I, I don't either but, but i'm saying like so that's what that's why i would be more about buying an asset that you, you that you physically have yeah um being a digital asset is something that you that you have total control yeah of course over. and uh, again I still... and it's not sorry sorry what, what i'm more saying though is no matter what a government does mismanages upsets falsely pumps up hmm. your digital assets We'll be fine. Yeah, uh, I think that the two set different issues though, because what you're saying is exactly true, but that doesn't relate to wealth transfer. It's no, not... I'm saying there should be you sh- individually. You're talking big picture, yeah, but I'm talking about something that you can to, do yourself yeah, yeah, yeah. To, to address it. Yeah, so separate the things. Only thing, sure. but no, but it's tied in. If you do my thing, mm-hmm. your thing is mitigated. It's not though. It's not co- totally mitigated, but it's somewhat mitigated. No, it's not. It's, it's completely not. You, I think you're missing the point. Whether you, like, whether you protect yourself financially by using digital assets, which yep. is what you're proposing, yep. whether you do that or not, your income and the, the taxation that we have in this country still occurs, regardless of whether you're financially better or financially. Incorrect. Explain. So if you have a property, you pay land tax. Mm-hmm. You pay taxes on that property just yep. for ownership of that property, which is a, which is a tax that can then be squandered by governments, yep. which is what you're saying. Okay. If you own Bitcoin, there's no tax. You can't live in a Bitcoin. No, you can't live... No, I'm, I'm saying you, you can rent your... Not everyone has one house that they live in. Most... A lot of Australian population has mm. investment properties. Yeah, Because yeah. that's an investment mm. instrument that they use. Yep. And the taxation on the investment is huge. Mm-hmm. And also the taxes, every time you transfer, they're also huge. Right? Stamp duties. It's, it's all just... Depends if you're negative gearing. 
No, so yeah. A lot of that stuff is used to actually decrease the amount of tax expenditure. Yes, negative gearing is a thing. Uh, I think it'd be very hard to negative gear in this, uh, in these. Oh, no, no, no. It's, it's not. Hey, for anyone who is in that game, it ain't yeah, that hard. But, um, but you can, you can, if you are playing less in that system, if you're moving more to digital assets, your overall tax, um, position can be, if done properly, reduced. Therefore, they can't squander it. And that's like that uh, that famous clip of Kerry Packer. So. Yeah. But I also don't, like, just to, to make a key point, you, you said before that um, I, I'm saying that it's wastage being sent overseas. I'm not saying it's wastage. I'm saying it's being deliberately done because people are get, decision makers are getting paid along the way. Oh, yeah, government's going to corrupt. That's, That's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But the only thing you can do, because you're never going to get rid of a corrupt government, it's impossible. Uh, People are inherently corrupt. Mm-hmm. A person is as loyal as their choices. Yeah. Okay. Which, so, there so, is something you can do, because it's coming up pretty soon. Yeah, but mm-hmm. you're going you're to vote some turd out, and you're going to put another nugget in there. We, you, you're going to, there's always, it's, it's human nature mm-hmm. to be corrupt. Mm-hmm. So moving to incorruptible things mm-hmm. will help reduce the amount of corruption. But you're never going to do that at government level because for, for the corrupt reasons, just why a, a federal ICAC will never come in, mm-hmm. just like uh, um, the ICACs that, are, that exist have no teeth, they can't do anything, mm-hmm. because why would you create a system that mm-hmm. you now can't exploit? Mm-hmm. There's No one's going to do that. So as the saying goes, absolute power corrupts absolutely. Yeah. So the best play that you can go if you're not happy with that, because you're right, whoever gets into power for a long period of time, they will get corrupted. It's just human nature. It's going to yep. happen. So the best case scenario in the upcoming federal election is a hung parliament. Oh, for sure. Yeah, removing yeah, the ability for a party to have the majority to be able to just ram through any legislation Absolutely. they want, yep. which is what we saw in Victoria. Look how fucked Victoria got in such a short period of time because the Labor government had the ability to ram through literally any, any legislation they wanted because they had those crossbenches in their pockets. Yeah, I saw too. some stat that their, their debt level is more than Queensland, New South Wales, yeah. and South Australia combined. And what have they received for that? The worst outcomes. That's right. Yeah. So so this is the the best democratic way we can hedge against that sort of fuckery and corruption is a hung parliament. I honestly, like, if we got a hung parliament and we got three straight years at a federal level where literally nothing happened, I would say that is a good result. Because everyone criticizes governments for getting in and not, uh, not achieving anything or not uh, uh, honoring their campaign promises. Honestly, with the amount of stuff that's changed in the last three years, because we've we've all forgotten the key stuff. We've all forgotten the stuff about those new legal powers that the police have been given to be able to access your social media yeah. and actually use it and pose as you. We've forgotten that stuff. Yeah. We've forgotten about the digital identity bill that's been brought in and passed in 2021, which is just sitting there ready to go just in case they did want to bring in a social credit system. We've All of these key structural things we've forgotten about and a lot of them got passed during the pandemic in a tinderbox event yeah, yeah, yeah. while everyone was distracted. For sure. So don't get distracted, guys. Stay out of the tinderbox. Be good to each other. And on that note... We'll see you next RDA. Bye.